get it. Well, it is really good to see all of you today. Um, always excited about a Sunday, and especially an Advent Sunday. Um, isn't Advent awesome? Our fourth Sunday. Next week will be Christmas Sunday. So, uh, and for Christmas Sunday, it is going to, we know that families have traditions and you're doing things on Sunday morning. Um, but we do believe that it's important that uh, we're going to have church on, not just because we have church, but what better day to celebrate Jesus than on the day we celebrate his birth. So uh, we're going to do that on Sunday morning. Um, that will be, uh, it'll be like not a very intense service. So if you have friends that would like to come, we've actually had several people call and said, hey, you're having church on Sunday. Great, we want to come. So I think that's pretty good. But uh, also if your kids are still in their pajamas, you heard Teresa say, just bring them anyway. We're going to be fine. We're going to have a, and we will have a gift for everybody that uh, is here. So anyway, it's going to be great. Uh, before, I, I mean, I'm talking about that, but uh, another thing that I just uh, really, really enjoy doing is when I get to do baby dedications. Babies make everything awesome, don't they? <laughs> well, for me, they make everything awesome. Whenever I am the father of the baby, uh, not everything they make is awesome. <laughs> did, you, did you get that? It's okay. It's, it's probably not so funny when I have to explain it, uh, what's going on there. Hey, um, but today, um, one of the very special people in uh, my life and in the life of this church, couples, I guess, uh, the Prestons, Michael and Amanda, and um, if you guys would, they're going to dedicate baby Harper today. And um, those that are coming with them, if y'all would, make your way up here. Thank you. Yeah, and y'all go ahead and come on up here. Very good. Thank you, everybody. Come on, who's coming with them? She looks so excited this morning, um, Harper here. Beautiful, beautiful baby. And, uh, you know, we've got, we've got babies everywhere. This is one of those times that, uh, times in the life of a church, we should relish this because we've had quite a few people who've had babies and that's, that's really pretty cool. So uh, Matthew chapter 19, Jesus says, um, or it's about Jesus. The little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So Michael and Amanda, in presenting Harper for dedication, you signify not only your faith in the Christian religion, but also your desire that she may early know and follow the will of God, that she may live and die a Christian and come unto everlasting blessedness. In order to attain this holy end, I want you to know that it is your duty as her parents to teach her early the fear of the Lord, to watch over her education that she not be led astray, to direct her youthful mind to the holy scriptures and her feet to the sanctuary, to restrain her from evil associates and habits and as much as in you lies to bring her up in uh, nurture and admonition of the Lord. If you guys will endeavor to do these things with the help of God, answer, we will. will. Awesome. And now congregation, will you commit yourself as the body of Christ to support and encourage Michael and Amanda as they endeavor to fulfill their responsibilities to this child and uh, to assist Harper 
nurturing her growth towards spiritual maturity? If so, answer, we will. And this is the beauty of the church. We are one body of believers seeking to encourage each other. So if it's okay, I'm going to take her now. I, can I grab her? Oh, come here, baby. Come on, come on. I got you. Oh, 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 look at that. <laughs> well, um, Harper, Preston, we do dedicate you to the Lord in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Let me pray for her. God, we are so blessed by this precious child. And uh, I just thank you that we have the opportunity to get to know her and that I pray, Father, you would bless Michael and Amanda as parents with wisdom and knowledge that you would give them ability beyond what they even thought they could do, that they would raise Harper in such a way that is pleasing to you and that she knows you, God. Would it be amazing when she's 80 years old, she can look back and say, I got to know Jesus at a young age and I never departed. I think that's all of us as parents' dreams and wishes for our kids. So let's... Um, if you would help Michael and Amanda make all the right decisions. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. All right, I'm gonna give her back to one of you. <laughs> oh, she's so sweet. All right, we have for you a, um, a flower to remember this day by. She doesn't care a lot about the flower, but. And then uh, a tiny New Testament for her, and then the certificate of dedication that you can always remember the date. So thank you guys. Amen. Good, good, good. Love that. You know, while we're talking about kids, I'm going to uh, do something here. If I can find it. I'm going to, this is dangerous. I'm going to bring you into my phone. <laughs> uh, I want to show you something before I announce what I'm going to do here. Um, we have... You guys maybe have seen, if you're on the email list, something called Parent Q. I've mentioned it last week. And then in the emails, there's been some Parent Q emails. Um, Parent Q is something that I really have come to know and to use in our daily life. It's a Christian organization that gives cues to parents that have um, children from birth to college age. And one of the things, one of the ways that it's helped me, I'm going to see if I can get this up there now. Did y'all, is my phone up there? Okay, wait, I'm gonna show y'all a picture. Look at this. What is, can you believe that? That was, uh, that was like six, seven years ago. She's gonna be mad at me for that one. Okay, so here we go. You can see my phone. Isn't technology awesome? So what I've done, there's this app called Parent Q, and you can see the, the insignias on either side. We're not making any money on this, just so you know. We're not um, promoting something to, as a commercial advertisement to make money, but I do believe this is a useful tool for parents. And um, we're talking about parents, did the baby dedication, so I'm going to show you. You can see I've got my three kids in here. I've got Caden, and it tells me 397 weeks. He's 11 years old uh, until he moves on to what's next. So whatever's next for Caden, which would be college, um, I mean, college age, you know, assuming he goes to college, uh, that's, that's what that would be. But so I can look at Caden and say, okay, I've got 397 weeks. But if I scroll down, it's going to give me a memory verse of the day. Uh, today in the town of David, a Savior is born unto you. You can see the memory verse is there. Um, there is a story, a YouTube story that uh, you can watch 
now this is for the parents, right? You can, and you can also do this with your children. There's a five-day devotional. So you can print the devotion or share it. It says print Devo, share Devo. Um, but the, the Q part, the thing that I use the most, now we use the devotional part. Cerise uh, has been uh, using that some. Um, the thing that we really like is where it says morning time, drive time, meal time, and bedtime. And it does this for every kid, and different ages have different um, prompts. So like for morning time, as your kid starts their day, share with them something memorable they have given you in the past. So it's just a way, a lot of parents don't know how to talk to their kids and they don't know what words to use or how can I connect with my kids. This is a great way to do that. Uh, drive time, while on the go, so you, we're driving our kids everywhere, um, preschool, Mother's Day out, uh, full school, whatever. While on the go, ask your kid, what food do you most like eating during the holidays? I don't know if, if you have kids, when you talk to your kids, and I had to learn this the hard way because we didn't have a parent cue early on, but our our kids, if we would say, how was school today? It was good, right? That's how they answer. So this gives you a, I learned a long time ago, I can't ask them a yes, no question. I have to say what happened in school today or what did your friends tell you or what is it that you learned? Like different uh, things there. And then uh, for like mealtime, uh, at a meal, have everyone at the table answer this question without giving it away. If that person is at the table, what are you most excited about giving this year? just a question at the at the meal table if you ought to eat or if you eat at home or whatever uh, so I just wanted to share with y'all this um, it's a it's a great tool for you if you have kids and uh, it see if I go on to like Maddie has 293 weeks left it's it's a countdown it's a horrible horrible countdown 137 weeks uh, for Morgan you see it just gets less and less for each one but the questions are different also for different age groups so um, just wanted to give you guys a sneak peek at that and let you know if you have kids especially or if you're a grandparent and you want to help um, your kids or help your grandkids while they're with you, whatever, it's a great thing. There was also gift ideas. I talked about that last week. They came out with a bunch of gift ideas. We actually use some of those ideas for our kids as well. So, Well, let's get on with the, uh, the message of the day. We are um, just... I'm excited about this season of Advent, excited about Christmas and Jesus uh, being born, just um, looking forward to Jesus' return, all of those things. I want to start out this way. I want to ask you guys, have you ever been amazed? I mean, have you ever looked at something and just stood there in bewilderment? Like not just normal amazed, something so fantastic that you couldn't even believe it was real. You just couldn't fathom it. Uh, the, we use the word amazing pretty often, but so maybe it's lost some of its luster. The dictionary defines the word amazing as causing amazement, great wonder or surprise. Like uh, great wonder or surprise, I like that. Uh, we use the word amazement to talk about um, or describe anything from a good meal to um, an unexpected positive medical report. You know, like, oh, that meal was amazing. I, I like that. I'm, during this time of year, we say that too often. <laughs> that meal was amazing because, you know, putting the pounds back on. Um, when something like this happens, we stand back and say, that was amazing. So today I want to look at something, and we, and we know where we're going with this, about Jesus. I want to look at something that happened that was just amazing, that is hard for us to grasp, that is 
really impossible to put a finger on how, just how awesome it was. And um, I want to think for just a minute as we get into this, the notes for the message today, by the way, are in the Bible app or the uh, church's app. You can download the church app and go to the sermon notes section. But um, as we get into this, I'm thinking about Joseph. Have you ever thought about the Christmas story from Joseph's perspective? Like what would, what would that have been like for him? Joseph, who, who in some ways has become just a, a pawn in the Christmas story, you know, like we don't talk about Joseph as much. And I, I think it's interesting that in Matthew, we're going to read out of Matthew chapter one, in Matthew, the first person that hears about Jesus being the Messiah is Joseph. He's the first one. Like, I think we underestimate the importance of Joseph. But uh, let's go on with this. Uh, Matthew chapter one, verses eight, starting with verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with a child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had told the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. The focus of today's message isn't on Joseph, but I just, as we come into this season, just think about Joseph. It's just amazing, right? And Joseph was Jesus' chosen father. Like God chose Joseph to be Jesus. He had to be a righteous man. But we're talking about amazing today. And God is the God of amazing. We know that he is the God of amazing. If you look at Matthew and you start with the beginning of Matthew, the first 17 verses, We've talked about this in the men's Bible study, how much some of us love the genealogy. <laughs> uh, genealogy of Jesus leading up to him. You know, it's a boring read, but it was so important. Matthew was written to the Jewish people. And for the Jewish people, they, uh, the genealogy was very important because it was a fulfillment of prophecy that Jesus would be in the line of David. In fact, if you trace Mary and Joseph, both of their lineage goes back to David. So either way you slice it, it was a fulfill, fulfillment of scripture. Um, Jesus fulfilled this prophecy of genealogy. And when this is done, Matthew begins immediately changing direction, pointing to Jesus as being born of the Holy Spirit. He starts off giving them this little piece of genealogy that was important. And he says, okay, now that we've done that, let's, we want to turn our attention. Let's look at how Jesus was born of the Spirit. In verse 18, it tells us that Mary was pregnant through the Holy Spirit. She was, this was important because it points to Jesus being both full, fully human 
and fully divine. He was a person, he was a man, he was flesh and blood, but also he was God. He was the one who created the universe. He was fully God. It's, it's amazing that the Son of God came to this earth and walked among humankind. Isn't that amazing? I mean, have you thought about that? That was part of our Advent reading this morning that Jesus, who is fully God, made himself into a person relying on his creation so that he could redeem his creation. Man, it gets deep in there. If you go into verse 19, then Joseph finds out that his fiancee, Mary, is pregnant. And the one thing he knows is that he's not the father. For sure, he knows he's not the father. And what would any normal, rational man do? Man, we're not even fully married yet. Like, and she's having a baby and it's not my baby. So he had in his mind and, and their, the way their marriage worked was a little bit different. So he had in, in mind to divorce her, to leave her, to, to not fulfill the covenant that they had made because she had already broken it he thought. It was obvious she had an affair, right? That's what it seems like. And according to Jewish law, he had the right to break that engagement. He, he was able to do that. He, he could um, leave her, but he didn't want her to be shamed publicly or, or even worse, he didn't want her to be stoned, which is what the law called for, that she would be stoned to death. Throw rocks at her until she dies. He may have been doing the right thing according to custom, but God had other plans. And, and isn't it that the case often in our lives? God has other plans. God has something else in mind. We don't always know what those things are. We're going one direction and then God says, wait a minute, I've got another plan. And, and then we keep going, verse 20 and 21. So the angel tells Joseph not to be afraid. Joseph had a plan. Mary had been betrothed to him. They had plans to be married. The families had entered into a contract with each other for her to be his wife. I mean, there was a lot at stake here, not just for Joseph and Mary, but for their families. But God has a plan. His plan was to save the reputation and the purity of both Mary and and Joseph. That was his plan. God is doing, and, and this is, I think, the reason I'm talking about this being amazing today is because I think we've heard the story so many times, it's lost its luster. It's not as amazing as it might otherwise be if we were hearing this for the very first time. You mean the God of all the universe made himself into a baby born of a woman who was a virgin when he was born, not of any human means. Like, that's incredible. And not only that, but the man stayed with her when he had every right and reason to leave her so that he could raise the Son of God. <laughs> like, no pressure right? <laughs> God has a plan. God's doing something amazing. 
she's going to have a child. That child is going to save humankind from their sins. Then they go on in something even more amazing, verses 22 and 23. They call him Emmanuel, God with us. He was God in the flesh. It's a hard thing to understand. It's, it's a hard concept to grasp, God in the flesh. That's what Emmanuel means. We sing Christmas carols with it in there, right? Emmanuel, he's, he's God with us. God became a human and dwelt among us. The God of all creation, the God who made the heavens and earth, the God who made everything in it, the God made himself human and dwelt among us. Scripture teaches later that he, um, Paul wrote, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but rather, and I'm paraphrasing, he set his divinity aside. He, he took the godness, the, not, I guess he was still God, we believe that, but that deity, he set it aside and said, I need to be fully human. And the amazing thing is, so, so God of all universe dwelt among us, set his divinity aside, and then became sourced, we've said this before too, by the Holy Spirit to show us how to do it, to show us how it's done. It, when people say, well, how do I turn the other cheek? Well, Jesus did. He, he showed us how to do that, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He came to bring God's presence to humanity. And not only that, he showed us what the Father is like. For those of us that have this idea in mind that, that God is uh, a, this um, incredibly mean and angry person with lightning that's going to strike you down when you do wrong, Jesus later in John says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you know me, you know him. And Jesus was full of love and grace. We've seen Jesus, we've seen the Father. So verses 24 and 25, Joseph, in faith, did as the angel commanded. Despite what society might think, he took Mary as his wife. And as amazing as a virgin being pregnant through the Holy Spirit is. Joseph is amazing that he trusted God and he obeyed. Because sometimes God's showing us and we're like, oh, I don't know. That's like, I don't like that road. <laughs> that road's a little hard. Can you imagine God came and said, hey, I want you to be the parent to me. <laughs> that road's a little bit harder, right? But Joseph did it. That is amazing. So all of these amazing things, right? What's our part in this story? We are, here's our part, to be the body of Christ and announce this amazing news that Christ has come and will come again. That's, the ama that's our part. What's our part of the story? This, like for us, we need to understand and grasp how amazing all that was that we celebrate every Christmas. And then remember also that our part, we have a part. It's not just a story we're talking about. Our part is to show people who Jesus is, that he came and that he will come again. 
Jesus will return. The angel came and announced the coming of the Savior. Through his death and resurrection, he made it possible for our relationship with God to be restored. That we could be made one with him. That by his uh, Holy Spirit, we are able to have this uh, incredible communion with him. We've talked about it before. It's sin that separates us from God. God created us in his image, but that sin has distorted that image. The Holy Spirit's work in us is restoring us to the image he created us in. That's amazing. His first coming was to provide salvation for those who place their faith and trust in Jesus. John 10, 10 says, I have come that they or you might have life and have it to the full. In Jesus' second coming, he will return to earth as a fulfillment of that promise. In Matthew 24, 30, says, at that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. The amazing news is that we announce Jesus came to earth the first time to bring salvation and he will return again to bring eternity to those who are walking with him. Like that's, that's amazing. And, that, and our job is to show people that, to, to talk about that, to tell about that. Every, and this is one of the reasons we think it important enough Every year on December 25th, we remember that Jesus Christ was born. He came once and we remember that he's coming again. Otherwise, maybe we forget. Maybe it fades off into the past. Maybe it's just another day. I was, um, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for the season, to be honest. Christmas, I love Christmas and I love the season of Christmas. But I have to be careful because I, I find that a lot of what's happening in Christmas and has been happening is a re removing the Jesus part of it, right? Um, I was watching, and this comes out because any of you watch the Hallmark Christmas movies? Just me? Okay, I'll tell you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I'm a sucker for them, right? You might be thinking. So, I, like, I'll watch these Hallmark Christmas. I love them. I'm, they're amazing. It's, they're fun to watch. They're good, clean Christmas for the kids. You know, we, we can watch. And I was watching one yesterday, and they, somebody said, um, the magic of Christmas is not about is not re, uh, for religious reasons, it's because of Santa. And I was like, no, no, you've got it all wrong. It's magical because of Jesus. It's the time of year that the whole world stops. and They don't even know they're doing it, but they're remembering Jesus Christ was born. Santa came later. <laughs> it wasn't about, it was about Jesus Christ. And our job is to help people remember that he came once and he's going to come again. The magical part of this season is that Jesus was born. The amazing thing that happened is that Jesus came. And we will say, and I got to tell you, I'm preparing for a message like this. Like I could get up and say, hey guys, it's amazing Jesus came. Just remember that. And every year, it's the same thing, right? And we hear it over and over, but we need to be reminded of how amazing and awesome it is. And this is why I want to have church on Christmas Sunday morning. 
not because, and if you can't come, it's fine. Like there's no pressure and there's no judgment. It's, it's okay, but I want to celebrate Jesus. And I never want to forget how amazing and awesome it is. And our part is to make sure people know how amazing and awesome it is. And the last one is this. We have to reach out to others so that all may know the amazing reality of Emmanuel. That's an amazing, God is with us and still is with us. This is the thing. We don't only tell people, but we show them. We are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to our world. This is a very short point. There's not a lot to say about this. It is our job to show the love of God to people. It is our job to feed the hungry. It is our job to clothe the naked. It is our job to show the love of God to the people we come into contact with every day. It is our job to show the love of God to the people we work with, to the people we eat with, to the people we go home with, to the people in the parking lot. It is our job to show the love of God, to save families and fill that tree with Christmas gift cards. I, I don't know all the... It's our job. Without us, how do people know? How is somebody going to know that Jesus loves them unless I love them? They won't. Somebody is going to love them. I heard a story, and um, I'm just about to wrap up. I heard a story of a... Um, you guys have probably heard this before, but I heard it again just a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, that's so awesome. So um, there was a, a, a Christian woman. She had been widowed, and she was struggling financially, and she was praying for God, and she had faith to believe. And, and believe me, Thursday night we had a sincere prayer of faith, and we're going to continue to do that. And to be honest, I don't want to have prayer just um, one, the third Thursday of every month. I want to have prayer, like, every Thursday and then every day. Like, I, it's that important. But this woman was praying and we're going to begin to have these prayers of supernatural faith to believe that Jesus is going to heal people, by the way. I haven't even said this. There have been prophecies in the last six months spoken over our church. Like, I don't know if that makes some of you uncomfortable, but I, we believe that it's true. We've had people, um, we've had dreams dreamed about this church in the last um, several months. Like God is wanting to do something major here. This woman, back to the story, she had a, um, she, she just had this faith and she was praying. She began to pray every day, God, I need you to fill the pantries, fill my pantry because I have no food. Every day, she's, God, I need you to fill the pantry because I have no food. And she, she prayed this prayer fervently for about two weeks. One day she was praying and her, bed, her window was open and her neighbor heard her praying this prayer. So he, and he was an atheist. You guys have probably heard the story. He, he went to the grocery store and he bought enough groceries to fill her, um, her pantry. So uh, he rang the doorbell, went and hid in the bushes so he could see her reaction. She opens the door and she, she saw these. She started saying, praise God. She was giving him, just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for filling. And he, she did that for a, a few seconds, a few moments. And um, this guy jumps out of the bushes and says, ha, look at that. I told you there was no God. And she said, thank you, God, for filling the groceries, you know. And he said, but you're praising God, but he didn't do it. I did it. And she just said, praise God. I Thank you, God. for." 
And he said, well, I don't understand. Why are you praising God? You're praising God for all these groceries. And I bought them. I went to the store. I filled the baskets and I put them in the bag and I put them on your step. And she looks at him and she says, thank you, God, for filling the pantry and using the devil's money to do it. <laughs> God is going to move in people's lives. And wouldn't it be so much better if it was us who heard our neighbor's prayer and filled their pantry? It is our job to be his hands and feet. It is our job to take care of people. It is our job to show the love of God to everybody around us. Through the power of the spirit, we have to serve others. And we can do this by following the example of Christ Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, we are the living incarnation of Christ on the earth. We are the living incarnation of Christ on the earth. That is, we are his representatives on this earth. Um, I've heard people say, don't follow me because I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to, and I used to think that way. And then I read what Paul said. Paul said, hey, follow me because I'm following Jesus. <laughs> That's what we want. Not people to follow us, but people to know that we're following Jesus, people to understand that we are his representatives and when they see us, that they might see Jesus Christ. Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago and someday he's gonna return. And for the four Sundays of Advent and and Christmas, that's what we're celebrating. We're remembering that he came once and reminding ourselves that he's coming again. So let's not be complacent and let's remember what he's called us to do. Let's pray. Oh God, this morning, I'm just so grateful for everything that you've done for us. Help us as your followers then because we are grateful and, and we thank you for the things you've done in our lives. So help us be the ones to proclaim the amazing truth that Jesus came to this earth. That it, of course, we can have fun with all of the cultural things around Christmas, but it's about Jesus. Don't let us get complacent and forget that ever. Help us to remember that he came once and he's coming again. Help us to be vigilant. The Apostle Paul says, keeping our spiritual fervor, not to grow complacent, to keep a relationship with you, to uh, always be showing other people your love through us. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would descend in our midst today. And as our church leans into the reality of your spirit, and as you begin to do supernatural things like healings and, and some of the things that, dreams that have happened and people who have had a word of, a prophetic word for us, I just pray that you would help us to make sure that we are keeping you in front and a part of every part of it because we don't want to move away and we don't want to go after those things. We want to go after you and as a result of us going after you, those things happen. 
and that will draw people because your spirit is alive and present and active in us and in this place. May we be a beacon of light in this Christmas season to our community, to Lantana and to Argyle and Flower Mound and Louisville. God, just Denton, help us to be that light. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.